I am unashamed. What about you? So as we're speaking, Jace, as we are recording this podcast, uh, as we're talking, we are also inaugurating a new uh, regime to, to lead our country, uh, which is of note because we've talked quite a bit lately about that. But that uh, today is Inauguration Day. Yep. And, uh, well, I'm, I'll miss it because they need to move it out of duck season if they want me to participate <laughs> in that. But, but yeah, I was just thinking, uh, you know, I was thinking about coming out here today was that four years ago that we were all in D.C. because we were invited to the inauguration. So sure. I am glad we got to experience it once. I mean, it was awesome. You know, I haven't been heckled like that <laughs> in years. Now, I don't know if I ever told you this story. You know, we got heckled going to the balls and different things. And uh, my my security was a Navy SEAL, so I felt safe. <laughs> And if you're going to have security, a Navy SEAL is the way to go. Well, these, there, these are some bad dudes. This may be bad to say, but there were a couple of moments during that weekend where he he had to take a stand. One of them was against a, a unruly group of people who were calling us like Nazis and and just using profanity and were, and were invading our space. And the other one was a guy who was just drunk at this party. That reminded but, me when we were in uh, filming in France with Dad for a movie. Uh, we were walking every day. We would walk to these different places where we'd film or whatever. And we had some guys with. I don't know what they were, but they were something special forces that were yeah. our protection. And this guy comes up and he's kind of glassy eyed and he sees Dad. You know, he's like, "Hey!" He starts to. Do, and all of a sudden, we kind of speed up and I look back over my shoulder and he just disappeared. The, the trail guy, our, you know, our special forces guy, I don't know what he did, but in the flash of a second, this guy just disappeared. I don't know. And then we were around the corner. I never knew yeah. what happened. Oh, these guys. These guys. Remember well, that, Dad? I, I mean, I think. Back, all I can say is I look back, and the guy that was coming toward me was on. Was on Lean in a little bit there, yeah. The guy who was coming at me was on the ground. <laughs> and it happened like yeah. a split second. Well, when you said that, it reminded me of that. Is it wrong that a part of me was like, oh, I wish this guy. Because <laughs> this, this drug guy, he, he sat. We, it was uh, Willie and Corey, and Missy and I. We're at the something together, and this guy just came and plopped down in Corey's seat, and he said, "That seat's taken. I'm gonna have to ask you to find another." He said it real nice, my my bodyguard guy, and the guy just went irate. He got up, and he said, "The Navy SEAL said you're fixing to make a big mistake. <laughs> I'm gonna give you three seconds." <laughs> To whatever he said, it was it was very like it was like to evacuate the premises or something along those lines. It sounded very and official. Was, yeah, and there was like one second of hesitation, and I thought because the guy who was being disruptive was twice the size of my guy, which is why he thought he could just sit wherever he wanted yeah. to. But I'm gonna tell you something. I could see it in my guy's eyes. That that other fella, the drunk guy, was fixed to get hurt just that quick. <laughs> And that guy looked at him and just turned. And I thought, because you know why? You know why? Because he saw it in his eyes, too. (laughs) This guy's scary. Which I told you all that before. My guy at the actual inauguration, I didn't have a seat for him because they they were like, 
this, he's not on the list. I'm like, well, he's 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 a Navy SEAL. How can he not be on the list? You know? Yeah. They're like, no, they don't do lists. But he said, oh, I'll be there. And you know, he he got with us and was standing because when they were checking everybody, he just acted like he was checking everybody. And yeah, you know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we're safe. Because this guy's on our side, so I didn't think it was that big a deal. <laughs> but what I was going to say is the next day uh, I got heckled by some uh, – it was some kind of women's group. Well, they had the they, the day after Trump's inauguration, <clears throat> they planned a big women's march in D.C. So you got all the Trump people that are been in for the inauguration. They're leaving, but you got this other group coming in. So it was the clash of ideals is what I would call that. Well, one. and well, a group of them were coming by and they, they, somebody recognized me and said a few things that they should, one of the women. Yeah. And, uh, of course I went with, Hey, I love everybody <laughs> and I love Jesus. And they were just looking at me because I just, I'm not gonna, if you're going to shower four letter bombs toward me, I'm going to shower you with love and, Jesus. So it actually worked. Did they out. have their vagina hats on? Because there were a bunch of those around there. No, day. I didn't notice, Al. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to get a couple of No coffee. one serving <laughs> as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer, in this case, Jesus. I've mentioned it before, but I'm just saying I've made a. Uh, I've come to a conclusion. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever little bitty part I ever played in politics with human governments. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm now saying Jesus is my commander in chief. Love it. The commanding officer. I bow to him and him alone. Yeah. And, and I'm going to point people to him and I'm not going to get too involved and left wing, right wing, yah yah party. So, I'll, it's just, it's just too corrupt. I'll point them to Jesus, yeah. given the opportunity. I mean, look, but I'm like you, Jace. I, I, I'm, I, I'm done with, with. Okay, we're gonna get together and we'll conservatives look, yeah. and, and you <laughs> it's, know, it's left perfect, wingers. But right that's wing. a that's a perfect lead in to what I wanted to say because I don't think it's an accident. By the way, it's based on Acts chapter two. Right, well, and follow. that's what I was fixing to say. It's not an accident that we we're in Acts when this happened. Look, it's disappointing when our guy doesn't win. Sickening because the policies that we grew accustomed to the last four years line up way more with, with godly principles. Right. Yes. <laughs> However, you can't get depressed and and chunk your daily life. Yeah. And how you're representing Jesus, your acts of God. That is correct. You know, that he wants to do in your life, whether it's at the grocery store or wherever. And we talked about that. Just because your guy lost, even if you believe that it was stolen from him. The apostles, it, it, Jace, ran up against a man-made construct, the mm -hmm. Roman Empire, and the exact same thing happened at 2,000 years exactly. later. Well, I want to share this. Look. History just keeps repeating itself right. on yeah. how people view or the lack of a view of God Almighty in heaven. It's just a, it's a, it's a pitiful thing to watch. All these empires, I've got them all written down. I've got the 
college professor behind well, me. Well, here's what it's I sickening. Wa- here's what I wanted to say. This would be a good review for, for you because uh, you hadn't been here. I hadn't been here. Uh, and look, the last podcast we did, Zach was he wasn't here either, even though we could see him from time to time. He was receptive. Technical issues. Technical issues. So. Look, here's kind of what we did in Acts 1. This is why I don't believe this is an accident that we're going through this. And, and it, for those who, who pursue godly values and want people that will put those policies from a governmental standpoint, before you get depressed and go, you know, read Facebook and get, you know, start staring at the ceiling with misty-eyed, <laughs> you look at Acts 1 after Jesus, God in human form, does the greatest act ever, which is die, be buried, and raise. I would call that the greatest sequence of events in and don't hu- forget, human history. No don't, doubt about. Don't it. forget levitating off the planet without a jetpack. That's you know that that was pretty awesome. cool too. I'm just saying. But it was in the context of they said, "Are we now? Since you're bulletproof, you know yeah. that would be a modern day version, right? You you you're incapable of being killed." Are we it's now impossible for death to keep its hold on you? Yeah, that's Acts two, and in Acts one, they they ask the question. So, so when are we going to restore the kingdom of Israel? It, it's time for us to take over the world, and and we're going to follow. And with you with us, we can't lose. We can't. Can you imagine the emotions going <laughs> right. on? We can. We can do anything. This is the one movement in the history of movements. In, of mankind, I love the way Jesus phrased it. It's not, it's not for you to decide the time. I love what, it. What yeah, he said it's not for you to know the times. This is yeah, it's not for you to know these things. Times you, or dates. You, that was the an Father has set up, by His down. own authority. That was yeah. a, that was <laughs> an ancient version of stay in your lane, human. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> when he Mind then when he got vision. to Acts two and and Phil said, you know, when you start talking about the wind and the water and the fire and the anointing, he, Phil said, you know, I I didn't know what you was talking about. But all I was saying was, oh, you were showing the different. Aspects of it was the true spirit. what he was saying, but well, there was a lot of big events coming from the sources he's speaking of. Right. All I was making a point was the first thing they said is, "Are you going to restore a physical kingdom? Are we going to take over the world?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm going to pour out the spirit," and they probably didn't know what that meant because when the what seemed to be the violent wind and the fire, they're like, "What in the world is going on?" But I know at some point they concluded whatever kingdom. And how we play a part in it on earth, he's referring to, is way bigger than than overthrowing government. That, that is correct. And then I brought up the symbolic the symbolic aspects of the Holy Spirit because what he was describing in receiving the Spirit is actually greater. It has a greater power than the strongest wind. You think about hurricanes, tornadoes. This languages, is bigger. Languages of the world. Yeah. which were thousands, are coming forth from their lips. Yeah. I mean, they're it, like, what in the world? And it's more uh, needed than water. This this being poured out has greater value than actual water. And we know where there's no water, there's no life. It's it's greater than fire. I mean, we're, we're taking everything on this earth that we can think are the most powerful things, and he's like, this is better. So I said all that to say this. When, when, you, when you say, well, we're just going to follow Jesus, because I have some friends who are so disappointed in what's going on in our country that when I send them the text or tell them 
well, you need to just stick to Jesus and share in Jesus. They, they're coming back with me like that I'm being timid. And so this verse popped into my head, like, you know, it's time to rise up. We got to take a stand. Help we us don't, burn it down. Yeah, let's burn. Let's use fire. Let's use water. Let's use, you know, wind if we had access. I mean, let's do something to destroy so we can do what we want to do. It reminded me of this. There's, there's two passages in 2 Corinthians that I wanted to share before. And, and I think it kind of takes us where we're at in our country and where we are in our, our study of Acts. In 2 Corinthians 10, he, he, he makes this reference. He said, I, Paul, who am timid when face-to-face with you, but bold went away, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think we live by the standards of the world. So that's his foundation. He's like, you're calling me timid, wishy-washy, and you want me to be more bold. Trust me, I'm bold out in the world. That's what he's saying. But then he makes this statement that we don't live by the standards of the world, which is what I say about what's going on in our current government environment. Yep. Then he says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You got it. Well, what is he talking about? The physical overthrow of, of kingdoms with weapons or anything else that you can whoever harness, has, fire. Whoever or, has the biggest stick. That's right. Then he says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the weapons we fight with, have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So if you flip back in in 2 Corinthians, some of the other statements that he made that led to that, which kind of, in my mind, he had already laid the foundation for this this argument with them. Hang on, let's let's take a break, Dave. So, Jace, I'm in the process, Lisa and I are, of, of buying a, a, a second home. Ours is close to the beach. You went you went west. I'm going southeast with ours. But it made me aware, going through this process of having to do all these things with the bank and all that, one of our sponsors is Home Title Lock, and they talk about that because now people have their titles in these digital places, they become a place where a thief, a cyber thief, can come in, basically steal – your title, the title to your home, forge their name on it, borrow money against your house, and then you get left being evicted. This has happened sure. quite a bit around the country. It's it's one of the number one uh, growing uh, cyber crimes. Well, my advice would be protect your house and don't build your house on the sandy land. There you go. That, that's almost biblical. So here's what you do. Uh, you go to hometitlelock.com and you register your address, make sure that you still own your home. Then you can use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. So that's code radio, hometitlelot.com. Get 30 free days of protection. Make sure your house is protected and don't build it on the sand. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he says, 
right after he had said, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Because people say, well, well, you keep saying you go preach the gospel and share Jesus. Well, what if they don't respond? Well, if it's veiled, they're, they're not going to make it anyway. But that's what we do. We and don't, too many, it is veiled. That's right. But then it says, the God of this age, small g, talking about the evil one, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now listen to this. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord. Now he had said that in response to what I wanted to read here in the previous verse. I'm reading it backwards for this reason. In verse 2 it says, We don't use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves in every man's conscience in the sight of God. Yep. Which what I'm saying is when you share Jesus, you do something more powerful than you can do with a weapon. It can demolish arguments. It can, it can go to the heart of a person and why they're making decisions that are not in line with the policies of God. By the way, uh, the message of Jesus, if you want a good example, over in Iran... At this moment, there are thousands being converted to Christ. Yeah. Coming out of these refugee camps, our right. brothers have some told of our us guys about are it. Doing it yeah. They're mm-hmm. seeing visions and they see somebody that said he looks like, you know, a, a double edged sword coming out of his mouth, but he, you know, he, and they're, they're, they're telling our brothers over there what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said, he said, come here. He, he said, come here. And, and our brothers are pointing them to him. And, but it's a, it's a happening going on in Iran right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and it's yeah. all under the evil regime that's, sure. that's running the place. Well, I mean, look, look who runs their regime. Right, yeah. My last point on this is in 2 Corinthians 3, right before this. I just went backwards for this reason. In verse 16, it says, Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You know, these people that cannot see the light of the gospel, when they do turn to the Lord, that veil's taken away. And watch what happens. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, which that's what we're reading about in Acts 2 that was poured out from heaven above and made available to every human being. And the way to that Spirit is through Jesus, the declaration of Jesus. He says, where the, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, and, and I love this when you compare it to our country, it says, there is freedom. There's a freedom in Jesus that trumps the freedom that we have as Americans, which is awesome. Yeah, The freedom we participate and that we fight for and that men have died for, that we all celebrate, what's more incredible is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a greater freedom. You can't kill us. You can't destroy us. You say, oh, guys, oh, yeah, we can kill you, but but the, somebody else is there. The guys that went across that beach in Normandy, I'm just giving you one example, and I stood there and looked what they had to do in order to get up on those bluffs and win World War II. Yeah. The guys, and they were young, when they started across that beach, the first thing I thought was, let's see, at that time frame, the 40s, a lot of godly men in the 40s. We weren't where we are in 2020, Al. In the 1940s, we were way more of a godly nation. I think that 
many of those young guys going across that open beach and being just mowed down. I'm 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 going along with Jace. They they there was freedom though, and that they believed in Jesus, the Son of God. If you didn't believe Jesus and the Son of God, I guarantee you one thing: when them landing craft hit. And you came out of there. You probably became a believer. Well, what you said in the the line you used in the movie because it's one of the best ones in it. You said the the Germans and, and their <clears throat> evil regime may have had the high ground in that situation. Yep. But the Allied forces had the high moral ground because that is this correct. was the cause to take this out. So, when and we, by the way, that's why we won exactly. And then we went right over just not far. What maybe less than a quarter mile. There's ten thousand graves. That's right. With crosses and stars of yeah. David out there, and the name to remind the, who had and, the high ground. And the name of the states and the ones they couldn't find out enough of them to even know who they were. It said one after the other. Every once in a while, I'd see one known only to God. Yeah, because they you know couldn't find out. Yeah. It was so sobering. It I, makes I, me cry just thinking oh my about goodness. their bravery. Well, every time we lose. You know, an election. They knew what Jace had just said. Oh, they yeah. knew that. That's Every right. time we lose an election where I think it would have been better, it would have been more godly if we would have had this guy in. Every time that happens, I think, i got to get to work. Yep. Because I know the freedom that we have via the Holy Spirit gives us the opportunity to share Jesus, which changes the heart. You want to win the argument? You change the heart. Yep. That's how you win the argument. You're not going to do it by throwing bombs, and it's just not going to happen. Right. So, so I wanted to read this last part of Second Corinthians three eighteen. After he says, "Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." I mean, I absolutely love that verse. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, which is how it all works together. Jesus went to the right hand of God in Acts chapter 1. He poured out his Spirit, and now men who put their faith and trust in Jesus stood up. That's why in Acts 2.14, Peter stood up. You want a war? He's going to give you a war. Hey, and if they decided in the next six months the next six years, the next 60 years, to go back to that and stand up for God, you would see a changed nation, and it would continue on. Exactly. If they don't decide to do that, they were going to get what they want. Right. They're going to get justice. <laughs> I'll say this, though. If you look at it from the government perspective back here, they would say, oh, yeah, what are you talking about those fellas, Peter? and Yeah, they stood up all right, and then we put them in prison yeah. and killed them. Yep. In their mind, they thought we destroyed that uprising. And I'm like, well, it's They Jesus. thought they destroyed that uprising when it's they got rid of Jesus, the Jesus Son of God. It's over, said, now we've won. Uh, it's been over 2,000 years later, and guess what? Men are still rising up in the face of opposition. We're still here. We're still here. We're sharing the same Jesus. We're receiving the same spirit, and we're actually living uh, in, in a freedom that's very hard to even express and explain. That's right. What I'm saying to the people who are listening now, join us. Join us. Love it. Come on in, boys. The water is fine. Uh, are you jogged a perfect illustration before we get to Acts? But uh, let's take a break. 
So uh, we all know, because we started out as a, a small business that grew into a, I guess you call it a medium-sized business. Well, Duck Commander, it's not really... It's pretty big. It's big. It's it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not. It was a small business when it was just the seven or eight of us in the living room. Duck, the duck hunting world is a small pond compared to it is. Speaking. Right. We but were dealing with a, a small group. So big, big business, small pond. One of the uh, one of the issues that happens in the modern era, not so much back when we were starting, is that you have to have someone, a human resources manager, because you got all these labor regulations, minimum wage requirements, wrongful termination suits. I mean, let's face it, Ed, the lawyers are basically after a lot of businesses trying em- to get money out of it. Employees like Cy. Exactly. So you got this uh, company, uh, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, that's basically been created for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager uh, for $99 a month, which is you know, reasonable, uh, month to month, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. So basically go and check these guys out. If this is something that can help your small business. If you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E.com slash Robertson, you get a free HR audit today, which will really help. And then you can find out how they can help you. Bambi.com slash Robertson. So I thought about this when you were describing the things about the spirit. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is First Kings 16 through 19. And it's a story about <clears throat> the king of Israel's name, Ahab. And he was married to a woman named Jezebel. And Jezebel, she, she was a false, she loved a false god, Baal. And so basically Israel had been led into this falsehood. And so you just had a handful of people that were standing up for you know Yahweh, the God of Israel. And one of them was Elijah, and he basically went into three years of hiding because the the situation got so bad. They were trying to kill all the prophets. And so he thinks this political, you know, he's thinking like a political guy, and he's thinking, This is a losing battle. How are we going to win this thing? (laughs) Well, then, so he he winds up doing a big showdown in 1 Kings 18 with all the prophets of Baal, 850 of them, one Eli, 850 on one. Yeah. And he, no way he can win no it. He's he all win. by himself. And they're trying because it's been a drought for like three years. And so who who can bring yeah. the rain? That the was country's the gone to hell. It's all over. It's terrible. Well, all of a sudden, God shows up in a big way. Fire comes down, burns this altar up, and then the rain comes after that. The people of Israel are so inspired they take up, they go kill every one of these false prophets. So Elijah's thinking, we we won. He's having that elation moment <clears throat> until he gets word the next day that Ahab and Jezebel are still in charge, and now they want to kill him even more. And so <laughs> this is where I think the illustration is great. So he goes out in, in 1 Kings 19, he sits down under a broom tree, and he just says, you know what, I'm ready to die, Lord. You can't do anything here. These people, I mean, after that victory, and we couldn't turn the tide of the nation. Getting rid of this power structure, never going to so work. So he was like, just take me on, Lord, I'm ready. So listen to this, Jace compared to what you said earlier. Because uh, the Lord says, why are you here? And he says, well, basically what I just said, it's depressing. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain, this is verse 11, in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Whatever that means. Something's mm-hmm. fixing to happen. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. There's your wind, Jay. There's the wind. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord uh-huh. was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. It's bigger. He's bigger. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And it's always impacted me because I thought something low-key, God said, hey, hey, 
And then he tells him, I got work for you to do. I got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. What he tells him is, what we're saying to our audience and ourselves on a day like today, is there's work to be done. Yeah. I'm still in control. Well, <laughs> and then fast forward, where was that verse where it says, right after Jesus was raised, he breathed on the... He breathed. Yeah, that was in, in John. John 19, I think. Yeah, that we just studied. Yeah. So it's the same concept. Well, what did they do after that? He had a job for them. They, they could now take the torch. That's right. I mean, look, in my simple mind, because that's an incredible story, and I love it. In my simple mind... When you were describing those other things, I thought, man, that's exactly what happened yeah. there. Hundreds of years earlier, the same concept. These political constructs come up. All these false ideologies are there, and God says, "Fallible men keep what? keep keep trying to take they over. Rise up, and they fall down. It's, Every it, last one of them, because I got about <laughs> about a hundred of them right here. Somewhere. The last two, the standing up to modern era is look, and the, oh, here's here's some that's still left. Empire of Japan, uh, yeah, they they had something going for a while, but no, they went right about it the wrong way, Al. They lost. Well, now the United States, Russia, and China, and India are four powers right now. That That's what we're down to. You say, what does it look like for them, their future? Uh, Al, not good. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. Not good. Well, but but you're basing that on a decision. If you The further you get away from God, the sooner you're going to crumble or the harsher you're going to That's the way it looks suffer. throughout history. Yeah. What I was going to say, out of my simple mind, it shows our different personalities. I mean, we're talking about this, the weapons we fight with and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're the most powerful thing on earth via God's Spirit. And you thought of that awesome story. I always think when people come at me so distraught about current events or, or politics or they have like a teenage daughter or son who's literally just gone off the rails or right. or a husband that just they're like it's hopeless. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. I mean, let's let's go fill our tanks up with gas. At least 10 get times some water. Some, at least 10 times somebody has called me up and said they they said you just died. I said no, I'm talking to you right now. So that mean that. Well, a week ago they said, "Uh oh, you're going to be in prison for 15 years." I said, "Where'd yeah. you hear that?" They said, "Facebook." So these yeah. people get all tangled up. Well, you wonder why they turn out like they do, Al. But I, mean, I, I go to this the a movie that I'm sure y'all have seen when that movie Taken came out, and here's this impossible situation where his daughter gets kidnapped and. But he's like a, a man movie. of skills. But I've always looked at that like, even though it was a made-up situation, a movie, and, and he pulled it off, I think that, that in my mind, when things look horrible and people are so irate, I just envision God being the Liam Neeson of that conversation saying, hey, I possess... <laughs> A certain amount of skills that I, I will hunt you down. Do you remember? I will find you. What, whatever the situation. And, and when I hear that verse, it says we don't use the weapons that the world uses. We we have a different skill set in God as our. And father. do you remember? I love it because you remember what she said when he when he shot the sheik right between the eyes, and she looked and she saw it was him. And she said, "You came, you came for me." And he yeah. said, "I told you I would." 
I mean, I love that exactly. line because it's like, that's, of course, I, I mean, how would exactly. I not get my child? This is what I do. Now, <laughs> the problem with that movie is it was made up. <laughs> and somebody, but no, to your theory, it was back on a biblical principle. Yeah, back <laughs> on a biblical principle, they were just emulating the power of God and Him seeking individuals. And oh, He's going to get it done, right? And He, when you throw in the uh, the possibilities that He has when He doesn't have to go by the legal requirements of Earth's gravitational pull right. or <laughs> thermodynamics, whatever you want to throw out there, I mean. We should never be that depressed about anything that happens in any kind of governmental situation. I mean, look, we've all been in, in situations, well, I know Al and I have on mission trips, where it was frowned upon, and I say that as a bad joke, that you share Jesus publicly. And, you know, I took a swallow, and I said a prayer, and thought, I could get thrown in prison for this, you know, when I was in the Ukraine, because they come, they came to our dorm and said, shut it down. So we are like, oh, okay, yeah, don't worry about it. And then we're like, we need to move locations <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, we wasn't going to shut so, it look, down. I had a stoned, I think he was stoned, Muslim guy jump up on the stage that I was preaching from in Africa. Now all these people in front of me, a bunch of people sitting behind me, and he started just yelling and screaming and why you try the Quran? All right. But his eyes were glassy. That's why I think he was stoned. And it was amazing, Jace, because I'm here for all these people. I keep waiting for somebody like to step forward and get this guy out of here, and, and nobody makes a move. So I don't know if it's because I'm a Christian or just a stubborn American, but I looked at him and said, ho, 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 sir. You see all these people out here? They're listening to this. I'll talk to you, but not right now. You go right up there and stand by that tree, and I'll talk to you when this is over. I mean, I just took charge like I was the Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. He looked at me. He just hopped down off the thing and went over there and sat down under the tree. Yeah. Until it was over. And then I just went back to preaching. Now, inside, I was liquid jello because I thought, is this yeah. guy going to kill me? What's going to happen? But it was funny in that moment. It was a Holy Spirit moment or something. It was just, no. No, yeah. no, no, no. You go sit over there. You're not going to interrupt me from preaching. Well, I told y'all when I went on my trip to Israel, I shared this in, in another podcast, but when we went to that church in Bethlehem where it's on the other in the Palestine-controlled, yeah. you know, everybody from Israel got off our bus before we crossed the border, and they had the good luck. <laughs> speaking, and, speaking of taking, hang on, let's take a break. <laughs> So uh, one of the things we want to remind our audience of is uh, on blazetv.com, there's a great offering of, I'd say at this given point in time, especially everything going on politically, a a place of free ideas. You know, you're on there, Mark Levin is on there, Glenn Beck is on there, and a host of other people that are really good and talented. And right now they're offering uh, $30 off a subscription for a year. Uh, normally it's ninety nine dollars. Right now you can get it for sixty nine, so it's a huge savings. You're just talking about a, a few dollars a month if you look at it that way to be able to get all this content. Of course, in the woods with Phil, which is Dad's show, is Dad's musings uh, about life, about God, about country, about a lot of things. So, once you guys check it out, so you can go to blazetv.com/slash/phil or blazetv.com/slash/jace. 
uh, and be able to access this uh, this content. We actually filmed the In the Woods with Phil yesterday in the duck blind. In the blind. It so was, you were in the blind, in the woods with Phil. It was riveting. <laughs> Check it out. So we get over there and look, first five minutes, you know, after they told me it had been bombed 14 times and we're, you know, we're fixed to pretty well sing praises in a Muslim controlled environment where the preacher has had, has taken multiple gunshots to the chest and lost family members. And his church had been firebombed, what? 14 times. 14 times. And there's buckets of water down the aisles. And I'm like, what's that for? They're like, that's in case they throw a cocktail over the wall back there. (laughs) I mean, this was a, and I, I look, I was, and I could tell Missy was looking at me, glancing back and forth, and you know, I, are we, had, are I had we this, sure this? What are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, look, are I'm we pre- sure this is a good idea? I'm prepared to die, but why right now? But <laughs> you know, death. when I when I heard this this brother get up and preach, he didn't preach. You know, he didn't have five points about living in a Muslim world. He preached verbatim, pretty much, Acts chapter 2. He declared who Jesus was, and, and I just thought, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. And so after the service, look, this just shows you how we still have moments of weakness. Because then we gathered together, and now I'm ready to run through a wall. I'm <laughs> like, okay, we're... We're on the cutting edge. You took the Apostle Paul's advice, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Yeah, and and I wrote him a sizable check. He said, what's this for? I said, I just feel like you need this more than I do at this moment. Get you some bulletproof vests. But I made a joke about it, you know, but he wasn't laughing. Look into Kevlar. And so I said, now where are we going? Uh, You know, where are we going there? He's like, well, I'm inviting you to eat down here. And I'm thinking, hmm, now, now we're going out here. It's one thing to be in the building, but I'm like, we're out of the town. We just go back across the border because I felt safe there. <laughs> He's like, no, it's a, it's a big thing for us to be confident and, and to be out with the people. He I said, I, I, I'm trying to convert these people. I love it. I said, you lead. We're, we're in. I said, well, we're going to eat here in Bethlehem. <laughs> And, you know, you would think the people were nice. No, they weren't nice. It, it was the most unfriendly meal oh, yeah. that we had because I'm looking around because th- nobody was in the restaurant. Nobody. And so they're like, I'll have this. And he's like, no. <laughs> Just bring me whatever you got. <laughs> That that was kind That's of the way. foreign restaurants. After yeah. six no's, I'm like, but well, just bring something. Yeah, because apparently this means nothing. You know, it didn't. It meant nothing. <laughs> there hadn't been anybody at that restaurant, in my opinion, in days. <laughs> so I thought, but we're out here. Hit this guy's sharing Jesus. Yep. He's out here with the people, and we did it. But I thought, you know what? There's the kingdom of God. There's the most powerful people on the planet. The people willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, it, it was it was all I was inspired. I'm like, how dare I get all distressed because my guy didn't win? No, don't go get distressed about that. I'm, we're we're going to talk louder. The That's the right. skill sets that God provides is greater than all this earthly acts of power. That's it's very hard for just simple human beings 
to get that inside their head. Right. But once you start believing the resurrection is real and you really believe you have God's spirit, you literally become the most powerful thing. Right. And not because of you, because of what God's doing in you on the planet. Right. And that's what and that's exactly what happens in Acts two. And so to sort of set the stage, Jesus has told them to wait in Jerusalem because there's going to be this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, they don't really know what that means, but they're waiting. They're praying. You know, they they appointed a replacement for Judas. And when you get to the day of Pentecost, you you start understanding why Jesus wanted them there in Jerusalem at this time. So Pentecost brings in all these Jews from all over the world. I mean, they're yeah. coming in, and all these all these countries are listed, a lot of them, where they're from. And so, as you said, the first thing that happens is this Holy Spirit, when he showed up, the blowing of a violent wind, it looked like tongues of fire that, that well, were separating. Well, yeah. When we talked about that last time, it wasn't the wind, and it wasn't the right. fire. It's just, it was the only way to try to describe it. What it looked like. Which is what my point is today. You can take the greatest things of earth, the greatest powers, and attempt to describe it. But the Holy Spirit is clear, is greater than all of that. So that's why when you read that, people are like, well, you know, I bet, boy, that was, I bet that was a win. No, it was, it was more than that. Right. It, we just can't describe the, in human terms, what kind of force? We well, remember this when is. there would be a voice from heaven or whatever, and it would usually say something like, "To the crowd, it sounded like th- sounded like thunder." I mean, they, how do you describe the voice of God yeah. coming from heaven? So there was anytime there's this interaction, that's what you see. What was interesting was they're all there, and it says in verse six, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard them speaking in his own language. So first you hear this whatever violent wind, earthquakey type thing happen, that, and everybody's in bewilderment. And then all of a sudden, these 12 guys are speaking your language, and yet they're a bunch of guys from Galilee, a bunch and, of fishermen. And, all. and they were obviously doing acting real excited and crazy, right. or he wouldn't have said, don't mind them. He just, they're just drunk. Yeah. Some, however, That's, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Here's a little bit too much I, of a poppy's cough I, medicine going on there. I went to the tombstone, you know, when he said, don't mind him. He's just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I got two guns, one for each of you. Remember what he said? He, he's seeing double. <laughs> well, I think that was a different scene. Maybe but so it was the same movie. Yeah. It was the same movie. It wasn't Ringo. Who was uh, Ringo's boss? Uh who was Johnny Ringo's boss? Are oh, you talking about uh, Powers Booth, his character? No, no. He was... Uh, you talking about Ike Clanton? Was it Ike Clanton? <laughs> Somebody Curly, t- Bell. Curly Bell. Curly Bell. Curly Bell. Curly Bell. Powers Booth was there. He, yeah, he came out there, and Curly Bell said, don't mind him. He's just drunk. <laughs> I mean, Thank you. Uh, that research staff was right on top of that. Yeah, that's really good. That's yes. good. Well, I, I just... <laughs> I mean, when you can't explain something, they were trying to grasp at straws, which I made a point the last time, that there was obviously some excitement being poured out. Right. And, and later on, this would, would, I think, the analogy has to be addressed in Ephesians 5 when speaking of the being married to Christ. Right. He said, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. And they had the same impression right here. Right. Well, these guys drunk? So they're- Well, because it, imagine, uh, let's take our last break. 
imagine if you're you're listening, but they're not speaking your language, but then you're hearing all these people speak 12 different languages. It would seem a little bit chaotic. Oh, you know what I'm saying? If very just, much so. so. So what happens is in that moment, they go to what they think. Oh, they must be drunk. I do think it's interesting that this is the first miraculous sign you see for the apostles. I mean, other than what they were doing back with Jesus. But this is kind of the first time on their own. and this was. But it was strictly done to get their attention because in a human perspective, I would say, well, yeah, why don't they just, why don't, instead of Peter mm-hmm. speaking in one language, because it says then Peter stood up, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, then he just took over and he starts into it. From a human perspective, it seemed like more effective if they just kept doing it in, in the language. But that was only to get their attention, which to the point we said in John over and over and over days, the miracle only points you to Jesus. Because yeah. what, what Peter's about to say is and, what they need to hear. And although you looked around in the crowd, you say, what happened to Jesus? They were showing them what happened That's to him. That's exactly right. He's still there. He's still there. Yep. And yet they had to be able to see it. Otherwise, you see what happened with this miracle, Jay. A bunch of people didn't believe it. They thought they were some kind of idiots jabbering. Well, look, people think, I mean, I've been accused. I've never been drunk, which... God, you know, give God the glory for that. And you set a good example. Don't do this. <laughs> you didn't say that. You just showed me. So that was, I appreciate it really, though. But two times I get most accused of being drunk is when I'm frog hunting because I'm hollering, I'm jumping, <laughs> I'm, I'm acting <laughs> goofy because it's so much fun to me that you become a child again. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I just become like, <laughs> over the lowly. <laughs> but he is good. And the other time is when I do events at at cocktail parties, because I, co- I when I get bring my Bible, people they're like, "What is, it? What is this guy?" Because because it, it's so weird that they're like, "Well, he must be drunk if he's going to share the Bible with a bunch of drunk people." Well, Al. It was an eyewitness to a group we went to. We've said before, we were at something next to a casino, and it was a deal. A company had invited me to speak. I said, "Yeah, I'll speak." And they had a band going, and the liquor was flowing. And this I just, was the I rappers, one. I just, yeah, I just got up, yeah, and pointed them everybody to Jesus. But I've never seen such a turnaround from a party <laughs> to yeah. But, how would you describe but that? Dad, you've got a long history of this. That that was just one of the more recent ones. The first time I ever saw you do it, I was a teenager. We were in New Orleans, and you were standing underneath a sign that said Anheuser Busch, King of Beers, a huge sign. And doing your duck call seminar, there were about three or four hundred Cajuns out there, all drinking Budweiser because it was flowing from the tap. Yeah, and you do your duck call demonstration. And then you're starting to put your stuff up in your bag like you're going to wrap it up. And then you reached in and pulled out your Bible. And I'll never forget this because I'm standing just off stage with old Dubasaw. Remember, he's over there. And you held up your Bible and said, boys, oh, Anheuser-Busch, he is the king of beers. There's no doubt about it. I drank a many a one back in the day. But you know what? I quit all that because I ran into the king of kings. And you, you were holding oh, your Bible Oh, I like that, Phil. Like you, Phil, you need to bring that one back. And so then it, you – It then got you, quiet. It got real quiet. All the beers were going behind the leg because all of a sudden it was like, oh, we done got religious up in here. Well, what did your, your buddy Dubasan so say? So here's what, here's what happened. So you gave him a little gospel sermon just as a wrap-up. It wasn't a full-blown, but you just said, here, here's what changed me. Because this is way back closer to you being a Christian. 
And so you, you walked off stage. They weren't sure whether to clap or what. I mean, you had them perplexed. You walked off stage. Me and Dubasan were standing there, and Dubasan looked at you and said, Phil, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you were looking at him like, do what? And he said, you can't mix religion with your business. You lose both. And I realize now, looking back, that was a test for you. Good Here test. you are, a young Christian. You just made a stand for Jesus. And you said, Dubasan, did you not hear what I was talking about the resurrection coming back from the dead living eternally he said you said i, I have to always talk about that and so I, I looking back on on our lives and how it went if you hadn't taken that stand there duck commander wouldn't have been the company it was and we wouldn't have been prepared for everything True. that's come our way it well, never I, what happened you'd have just folded under and thought well it. maybe he's right i have to read this because it just popped into my head and i'm going to give the Holy Spirit credit for this because this fits with what we're talking about. When Jesus in Matthew 11, he said, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to the others. And he quotes this, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Basically going around trying to fit in to the culture and then complaining when things, people don't act like you're supposed to. And watch what he says. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. <laughs> you know, John the Baptist, who wow, man. was a teetotaler from birth. Yeah, Jesus said, never been drunk. Uh, no, no greater person has ever come out of a womb. And, and what did they say? Well, that guy's demon possessed. Yep. It's like, why well, I said, well, people accuse me of being drunk. And then watch what he says. The son of man, Jesus himself, referring, you know, Jesus can refer to himself in the third person if he's actually three persons <laughs> or whatever he wants to The be. son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, here's a glutton and a drunkard. Yep. So he, he made a difference in drinking and, and yeah. being drunk. And he turned know. water to wine. That proves it. Yeah. He was good wine. Some of too. these people just rolled over and said, oh, oh. That's what it says. Deal with it. But watch what he says. A friend of tax collectors and sinners, which is how I started this whole thing. The weapons we fight with, we are to go out and declare Jesus, especially when we're upset or we don't get our way or we're concerned about the culture. We are to befriend the people that we're so mad at. Yep. Yep. And you say, why? But wisdom is proved right by her. And where are we at? Actions. Actions. Acts. 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 We're back on Acts 2 again. the apostles. So if it's wise, Jesus is basically saying, yep, they're going to get it wrong. They're going to accuse you of being demon-possessed and drunk, and the same thing happened when the Spirit was poured out. What's the first accusation? I I just take offense at that. The greatest act in mankind, the Holy Spirit is unleashed for for uh, now, for all mankind to be able to, you can have the eternal spirit of God greater than earth, wind, and fire. Ha ha! <laughs> and the first reaction is, "Oh, them boys are drunk. Yeah. Well, nuts! What, what a bu- it just so it reminds me of the redneck world. I hate to say that, but my world. You know, we're like you're trying to share Jesus with people. And they're like, 
You go through the gospel, and they're like, what y'all got to drink around here? But actually, you touched on it because Galilee, as we know, they've been frowned upon the whole time. They are kind of the rednecks of this first century world. These guys had a thick accent, so now all of a sudden they're speaking other languages. People just couldn't by wrap the way, their brain around it. By the no, way, it comes up shortly after that when they said they noticed that they were ordinary, unschooled men. Yeah. They just yeah, couldn't. Yeah, that's in a couple of chapters yeah, later. A couple of chapters just later, they're saying, how in the world did, did this bunch right. come up with all and this? And, you know, let's face it, we still face that, that sort of mm-hmm. intellectual, you people are rubes and you need your little religion. And oh, I you, take that as a badge oh, of me too. honor. You know, I want to say this before we close. And right after that verse about wisdom being proved right by our actions and him being accused of being a glutton and a drunkard, he then said Jesus began to denounce the cities. So it wasn't just different people like from a community level in which most of his miracles had been performed because they didn't repent. He did all these miracles. Now here's, you're worried about the country and like, where are we going to go? Jesus was actually doing miracles and people were like, Nope, I'm not changing. That's it. You know, these people that say, well, I'll tell you what, if you could just show me a miracle, (laughs) then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. Because Jesus said, I did all these miracles here, and these people still didn't. But in his comment to them is really powerful to me when you talk about wisdom being proven right by our actions. Because then he makes this statement, woe to you, and he names a city. Woe to you, and names another city, Bethsaida. And then he makes a statement that, that is the reason we're the weapons we fight with are more powerful. He says, if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in these two other cities, Tyre and Sidon, then you would have repented a long time ago. And you say, well, what are you talking about? My point is Jesus knows what would happen if something that didn't happen happened. <laughs> That's what he just related to you. <laughs> so you, when you talk about the one we serve is more powerful, I'm following one and put my faith and trust in a being that knows what would happen if something that didn't happen happened. <laughs> Yep. Before uh-huh. Abraham was born. What, what are we fretting about? <laughs> Before Abraham was born, I We're am. fretting about what happened. Yeah. He's like, well, let me explain something to you. If this would have happened, that didn't happen. But if it would have, then you would have been all right. But you didn't respond. So <laughs> The redneck musings of Jace. So to our audience out there, some of you are a little bit fearful and doubtful about you know where we're we going in the next four years, two years, this, that, and the other. Just remember, Jesus is still king. And the gentle whisper is, We win. We win. We win. We win. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.